podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Sends me a Microsoft Teams message at 6.36 on a Wednesday night. Ian Loring, hi. <laughs> Ian Loring and his Teams conversations. Uh, we had a regular show this week. A regular show. It's been a while since we had a regular, regular show. We've just done like a review, a lot of what we're watching, maybe a bit of trailer talk and questions. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm digging this. Yeah. yeah, good place to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're reviewing. Uh, we've, we've got a film review as well, which is always fucking nice. Because <laughs> fuck knows what we're doing for the next few weeks. Um, oh, do you know what? Next couple of weeks, dude. Nah, we're all right. We got the fucking Denzel. Oh yeah. Jared Leto, Rami Malek one next week. Which, which one's a serial killer? Probably all of them. Yeah. Which, which, which I, I, I'm liking the fact that I'm either seeing two star reviews or yeah. four star reviews. Yeah. Of- it seems to be people in that movie are going, oh, it's not really what the, the, the calibre of movie these actors should be doing. And, oh, it's really cool seeing these actors in this type of movie. All over it. So it it's making me go, I will lap this shit up. If Jared Leto and Rami Malek are both not serial killers working together, I will be disappointed. <laughs> I, I just can't forgive Remy Malik for making me hate for a period of time a band that I've loved all my life. Can't forgive him. Uh, I mean, I, I like. I'm just gonna say this, and I know nothing. I am convinced that some shady shit will come out about Rami Malik one day. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> like, who knows what it could be, but something shady. I reckon he's got someone in his basement that he just like keeps as a pet. No, that was I, maybe I, 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 I don't reckon it's direct. That. <laughs> I think that was maybe a little bit too on the nose there, Bex. From a from a as your lawyer, uh, from a from a libel point. No, is it which one's the one in print? Which one's the one? Libel, is Britain, isn't it? Yeah, slander. From a slander point of view. I think you maybe need to back off that and just say that he gives the air of someone who may on occasion like to have someone 
in his basement who may not always be willing to be there. I, I think it's the opposite. I think he lives in someone's basement and they don't know about it. <laughs> and he just comes out and just watches them sleep, allegedly. Uh, he, he watched The Boy and was just like, yeah. Yeah, I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. And just fucking coats himself in porcelain before he goes to sleep. Oh, shit, like that. I, I was just talking about the living in the walls, not that he actually styles himself upon oh, yeah. Brahms. Yeah. He, he goes full Brahms. <laughs> so, yeah, so this week we have the Netflix movie that everybody forgot existed, Outside the Wire. I only watched it yesterday and I've already forgotten it existed. Yeah. <laughs> Which, Look forward to that, folks. There's a brilliant there's a brilliant um, Anthony Mackie bit in it that made me and Becky so look at each other and go, wow, he has just backed up what we have been saying for years. <laughs> um, so you've got Outside the Wire. There, there are a couple of trailers out there. Yep. Yeah, yeah there is. I think you have, actually, yeah. Um, and yeah, a whole bumper section of what we've been watching because you've had two weeks <laughs> of know what we've been watching because we didn't do any last week. And I've watched a fuckload. <laughs> nice. Uh, and what else have we got? We'll have other tangents and various bits. So, Ian, what has been in the news this week? Kevin Hart and Kate Blanchett. Well, we already knew about Kate Blanchett, but Kevin Hart has been cast in the Borderlands film to be directed by Eli Roth. Um, I have played Borderlands. He plays a character called Roland who in Borderlands doesn't seem especially funny. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah, that could be quite interesting. The, the, the thing is, like, if you, if, I mean, like, if you told me right now, hey, tomorrow you can go see some fucking Eli Roth, probably budgeted less than it should have been, Borderlands adaptation, I'd be like, who do I have to suck off to get in that cinema? Like I, I, it is beggars can't be choosers. The little things that Denzel film will probably be a five star banger for me because I will cry through it, thinking shit. I'm watching something that was meant for the cinema. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cinema. I've heard tell of these mythological places. <laughs> yeah, oh. It is. Gather around, children, and let me tell you about a world called the cinema. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like fucking that. The postman, right? If you were to say to me, hey, you've got to live in a post-apocalyptic landscape, but every night they stick on a film on a big screen, I'd be like, it's better than the one I'm living in now. (laughs) Yeah. Your choices are the sound of music and universal soldier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can't complain that much. I got a fucking PlayStation 5 yesterday. You know, it's fine. but no it's that i think that's interesting casting i'm looking forward to seeing whatever the fuck like borderlands is it's basically mad max if it was envisaged by a 12 year old yeah i i have briefly played borderlands and then went and then turned it off uh, funny enough it was playstation plus game um a while ago um i downloaded it played about six minutes of it and went there's just too many controls. 
Oh my fucking what? There's okay, too, I wasn't expecting you to say. There's too many controls. There's too many controls. It's yeah, like there's a finite amount of controls there can be because there's a finite amount of buttons. Yeah, yeah it was like it, 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 it was like to select. I was like, no, 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 no. If did I learn on that, it pushes other things out. Did you see it say press L3 to crouch? You didn't say see anything that said L3, and then you just threw the controller through a window. I, I, the thing is, I, to be fair, Ian, would that surprise you? I it wouldn't. That's if, why I'm asking. If you sat me down now, right, having never played um, like a, a FIFA or Pro Evo or anything like that, if you sat me down now and went, right, this is this is a football game, and that a game of the controller, within a minute I'd be like, this is fucking bullshit. No. What I what I have to press different buttons to do it. Fuck off, no. But because I've learned it all the time, it's there, mm. um, and and so I'm I'm okay with it. They launched um, tactical defending about four or five years ago, and I, I, it literally <laughs> it, it took me. It, 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 it's only taken me like uh, four years to actually sit down and go. No, I need to learn how to use this. <laughs> and it was only because I started getting back into all the team. I haven't bought anything because that's fucking retarded. Um, but you can't use legacy defending on ultimate team. You have to use tactical defending. So I was like, right, I need to learn how to use this. So I went back to the basics and actually just did some like practice things to learn how to use it. Um, still don't like it. Still think it's bullshit. Um, but I, I've learned how to use it and I'm okay with it but it took me about four or five years to actually learn how to use it mm. so picking up a new game I wanted to try a baseball game and a PS Plus a baseball game came on it now I know a lot, a lot about not a lot about baseball but I thought sure a baseball game that'd be fucking pretty cool I remember playing a baseball game on like a Mega Drive and it was cool uh, but the Mega Drive literally had three buttons um, and so started playing it was like fucking hell no just there's there's that many different controls to hit a ball. No. So it just got deleted. I need to see how much Death Stranding is at the moment because I'm very, very tempted to buy it and send it to you. Because that is a game that has cutscenes that go on for fucking ever. And that game has all the controls. I, I, I Honestly, I get confused and, and angry. Yeah. With the origami bird is the thing. That people said was Twin Peaks Origami Bird? Hard Rain. Hard Rain, I want to play that. Sorry. Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain, that's it. Hard Rain's the Christian Slater movie. That's a banger of a movie, that is. Wasn't Heavy Rain a PS Plus game not so long back? Really yeah, play? it was. Is, is that in the old library? It might be in the old library, yeah. Yeah. Not a literal physical old like library although i would love one of those with loads of fucking stacks and then one of those ladders that rolls around i'd like one of them i'm not fucking building that in my fucking dream lockdown yeah build me a library <laughs> fuck right off um I'm, I'm only quite small so you could probably do it in the office i'd still need a ladder to get a to step ladder on wheels yeah <laughs> one of those little kick stools I'm, I'm quite small <laughs> no what am i doing um, um yeah so that, that has been much else news is that can's been officially delayed until july yep um that's not a fucking surprise yep that's also probably not gonna happen i, I mean you, yeah you you have to wonder at this point don't you just do it online it's, he doesn't want to terry fromo the fucking head of can he doesn't want to he's oh. like if we're gonna do can we're gonna do it in person 
And it's so, just... Do you, know what? do you know what? Pivot, you prick. No, but if that's your position and it's it's either proper or it don't happen, fine. Glastonbury. No, no, no A, I, I disagree with the Glastonbury thing. I'll come at that point in a second. B, why, why would you be upset about Glastonbury, Matt? You're not a 50-year-old banker. No, but I'll come to that in a second. The cans thing, no, right? The reason why is it, it's nothing to do with protecting the integrity of cans or anything like that. It's they can't party and make as much money off it. But if that's what they want to do, if they want to party and part of it is the atmosphere and all this kind of shit, and it, it's it's his decision to take. That, that's, that's, that's fine, but if you want to count it, that, that's fine. But the, the, I think there's just there's an element of just, you know what? Just pivot for a year. Because then next year rolls round and people are like, oh, it worked really well doing these kind of online screening things. Let's do that again. And then it just dilutes the whole fucking thing. Cans Maybe. cans for a reason. I mean, to be honest, can one of those where I, I it, it, I'd love to start a can. I struggle to give a shit. No, the Glastonbury thing. What you, yes, you can't obviously go to Glastonbury and music festivals and things like that. But um, it should be set up, and there will be somebody will do something where it's a live stream event. Mm. where you will have a bunch of bands playing singular either from their rehearsal space and things like that and it will run like a normal festival and you buy a ticket and yeah you walk you watch it from home somebody will do that for something do you know what i was thinking just the other day i mean i know we're really old now and everything but what i would not fucking give to go to a music festival this summer and lie in the sun and watch a band and drink a beer and stay in a tent i fucking love it god no Oh, you're such a misery. You've really embraced this getting older thing, haven't you? I, my, I'm just like, I'm still feeling my 20s, so I'm still going to behave the same way, roughly. My music festival days are well behind me. I'd love it. Not like not like Leeds or something like that, so that's, that's just dirty and full of kids taking care, but somewhere like decent. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Leeds. Fucking hell. Yeah. I would fucking hate it. Just loads of those fucking shoulder bag knobheads and fucking white socks mm. in slider pricks on cat running around. What's the old person one that they came, they came out with that's got all the folky music? Latitude. No. Festival? No, it's not the one I'm thinking of. Music festivals. So anyway, trailers? <laughs> what have we had? Well, there's, there's one biggie in both in, in many senses of the word but I, I i don't know we'll get to that you said you said you thought there were a couple mark may uh, jog my memory maybe mate uh there is the trailer for willie's wonderland oh shit i hope nicholas cage doesn't say a word and he just grunts through the whole thing i kind yeah. of think that's what they're going for it does appear like that uh, yeah basically it's Nicholas Cage has to clean a <laughs> a fun fair, and then the fun fair starts coming to life. It's so people have been saying that this is a rip off of the video game series Five Nights at Freddy's, and it's like, yeah, fair enough. So Five Nights at Freddy's is basically you work overnight at a like uh, a not an amusement park, but kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese kind of thing. Um, and you're watching on security cameras for these fucking animatronic puppets who basically want to come in and murder you. And it is a bit like, yeah, all right, fair enough. But also the Banana Splits movie. 
like were they animatronics in that or were they sentient beings i can't remember now animatronics so it's kind of that as well except they were animatronics that were hurt at the fact that they were being cancelled i can't really remember much about that film Lord knows I can't remember much about that review because I'm pretty sure we reviewed that in that fucking brew dog in Carlisle. We did, mate. Yeah, fucking hell. And the only <laughs> thing I remember about that... Table. Yeah, is the photo that Dan took of me under that table. So... Oh, is it that one? Yeah. His head sticking out. <laughs> yeah. That fucking picture. <laughs> I had that as my screensaver on my phone for a while. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> But no, yeah. I mean, but I, I just if Nicolas Cage, I want him to say one word, and it needs to be something random. I don't, I don't want him to swear. Yeah. I want a really, a really off-cut comment. No, no. Literally, I want him to just say like a word that would be in the middle of a sentence. Like he's just like for some reason he's just killing one of these animatronics and just goes and. (laughs) <laughs> it just it, it looks like Nick Cage just having a little bit of a laugh and I'm quite I'm, I'm down for that I'm down for him embracing this just outright fucking B movie it's That's all he does everything. now he just picks shit that he thinks is funny and I respect it it's it's the sort of things that that Nick Cage early Nick Cage you expect him to be in now not Early middle Nick Cage, mm. he'd expect to be him now. You know when he tried to when he, when he essentially when he was when he won an Oscar and he'd done bits like that and he was trying to be an actor actor for a while. An actor. Yeah. And then he, he remembered that he's a bit mad. I mean, I, I I'm I'm enjoying it to be fair. I loved Mandy and I really I'm really quite excited to watch Color Out of Space. So. There's, a, there's a there's a Nick Cage movie. I think it's called. Kiss of Death, I think it's called, or something like that. Um, let me double check this to make sure I'm getting it right. And it's got uh, David Caruso in it, I believe. Um, let me just see if it is called Kiss of Death. I've completely made that up. Yeah, Kiss of Death. Um, and it's got Samuel L. Jackson and David Caruso and Helen Hunt in it. Uh, Stanley Tucci, Michael Rappaport, Ving Rhines, Philip Baker Hall, Anthony Held. It's a decent cast, but there's a literally bit in it when Nick Cage is bench pressing a girl. That's nice. I don't know. <laughs> and it's fucking wonderful. Right, right. Right. <laughs> and it's that Nick Cage is the Nick Cage that you imagine is now making the movies that he is now. Yeah. Whereas there was a little period where you thought he's not going to start making this mad shit. Um, what else have we got trailer wise? Um, Silk Road. Um, about the uh, essentially the dark web, um, and it's it's based on a true story, but it's kind of like it's one of those where it looks like it's loosely based around <laughs> a true story uh, about a kid who started the kid who started selling basically like a drug network using Bitcoin and the dark web to sell drugs over the internet. Um, Does Ray Liotta play the child? Really, doesn't play the child. No. Um, it's it's some random fucking youth skin job. Um but um what's his name? The the the, the fucking the cop that goes to get him, the old school cop that's paid to get him, um 
is played by fucking hell, my brain's gone a bit mad today. Ray Liotta. It's not really Otter, but it does seem like that. It's it's new really Otter. Um, Jason Clark. Um, so I, I, I'm looking for. I, I will watch that. I will lap that kind of shit up. Mm. You mm. really it, it, it is yeah. the sort of thing I will watch. And there's another movie that is based around a true story that also says uh, in its trailer, um, "So amazing, um, it has to be true." Uh, and it's The Courier, um, starring uh, Beryl Cumsatchel. Yeah. And it just looks fucking boring. Can I just say before we move away from Jason Clark? One thing I've always wanted to say about him, I'm just going to say it and move on. No comment is necessary. His face looks like it would taste disgusting. Mark, continue. <laughs> he, his face looks like a wax model of himself has come to life. Yeah, yeah. Like that, there's, there's like crevices in that face where you will find only the finest stinky cheese. And I can't be doing with it. <laughs> He looks like he stinks of fags as well. Yeah, he does a bit, doesn't he? Mm. I like Jason Clark, though. I don't dislike him, but he does look like he stinks of fags. He was very good in uh, Lawless, a movie that maybe should have been a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But he was very good in it. Um, yeah, The Courier. I, I feel like we've seen this story many, many times before, but in better iterations than what this book boring fucking BBC drama comes to life <laughs> is there. It just as Benedict comes up to the, just given up now and he's just doing just the sort of movies that you just think he would do. Maybe he's made his nuts. It's just, just does he do anything set in the modern time now? <laughs> or is it all period pieces where he gets to do his plum voice bit? I don't, I don't really follow his career. I avoid any films that he's in. I, I, he's, he's a good actor. He's got a weird fucking face, though. But he's a good actor, but it just seems like... He's got a face that looks like it would taste unnatural. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it tasted like, just like, like Christmas plastic. It's just like, there's something wrong about that. It's going to haunt my soul forever. <laughs> Sorry, Mark, you were saying. I'm, I apologize. Yeah, no, I, I'm done with that. Let's get to the biggie. Right. Okay, so I just need to say Adam Wingard is a director who I'm very hot and cold on. Yep. Very. This comes from a lineage of very, very fucking mixed bag movies, which this isn't an original thought, but this film would not have been made if it was not already in production when Godzilla King of the Monsters came out. Yep. Saying all that, if this film embraces how fucking dumb it looks, it's going to be a banger. If, yeah. if it doesn't, this will probably be one of the worst film films of the year. It's literally that. They if it takes, sorry, make, like moral tales. Sorry. They need to. Stop making these movies. They need to stop trying to make them be like moral tales and just let them be fucking monsters fighting. This is exactly it. Godzilla versus Kong. For some reason, Godzilla has gone bad. I who knows why. I, I think I think 
I don't think it's that Godzilla has gone bad. I think it's that Godzilla and Kong have always hated each other. So Godzilla now no longer gives a fuck about humanity. He just wants Kong. Have they got beef? They've got beef. Yeah. Oh, oh God, if it's that. Seriously, if it's that, fuck. Oh, beware my screen, because Kong will fly. Yeah. That should be the tagline. Kong will from fly. What I've made from the trailer, it is literally that. But they have previous beef. Fuck. And they're just like, Do you know what? No. Fuck. It's this. Godzilla just DJF anymore. Yeah. Oh it, my god! Could it, you imagine? It, Sorry, I'm, no, Mark. I didn't even think of that, and I'm incredibly excited. Like, could you fucking imagine if it's not like there's some environmental shit going on, or there are other monsters around and whatnot? If it was literally just Kong and Godzilla don't like each other, and we all have to deal with it. Do you know what? I really that is more interesting than anything else that they might come up with. It's like if Godzilla just came to Skull Island and fucked up his parents, and now if Kong's a big old boy and shit's going down, and for some reason Kong it needs to protect a young child that you see that's the thing that worries me this the first half of this trailer and i realize i'm going off here but fuck i'm blowing off steam like a motherfucker tonight right if the first half of this trailer is kong really likes this kid let's not ask why he likes this kid and move on very quickly (laughs) godzilla's there now Godzilla is here and Kong and Godzilla are going to fight. Now, this is the thing. I need I need that. Godzilla murdered the child. That's going to be what it is. Kong and the kid, they have a bond. Godzilla comes along, accidentally blue flames the fuck out of the child. And now the second half of this film is going to be... Well, shit, which one? Which one does humanity decide side with? Do we side with nuclear breath Godzilla or big Chungus Kong, who we all love because obviously he's a good boy? And then we just have to watch them. It's getting fucking a Godzilla model and a Kong model. I wish you could see me on Skype right now. Godzilla, actually, hang on a second, right? Oh, no, I, I can't. Godzilla, Kong, and they're fucking mashing each other up. It is. Just, just like just literally like old school kids hitting it hitting their toys together. <laughs> I need it. That's what I need out of this fucking film. But but, but given the Godzilla film, which was one of the most joyless fucking things I have ever sat through, like seriously, Solo or 120 Days of Sodom would give you more joy than watching the fucking Gareth Edwards Godzilla, right? You've then got Kong Skull Island, which is a fun film made by an apparently disgusting person. You then have Godzilla King of the Monsters, which is one of the most boring films I have ever watched in my life. You then have Godzilla vs. Kong, which was in production when the most one of the most boring films I've ever seen in my life opened. It did fuck all. Please, please, for the love of God, please. Could they have just said, just let it be fun. Just let it be monsters smashing the shit out of each other. And when Kong punched Godzilla, I got a fucking boner. It's, it, the thing is, it's, 
it, half of it is a really good trailer, and the other half is a bit is you going, go away, Millie Bobby Brown. We don't like you. Don't like you, Millie Bobby Brown. You, you can get fucking killed by Godzilla as well. Why not? Yeah. Kong can kill you because Godzilla likes you. Yeah, that'll do. Millie Bobby Brown, fuck off. Yeah. Anyway, I'm literally Kong just pick her up, chuck her in his mouth, just start chomping on her, and they go, and then somebody at the side, Rebecca Olsen should just go, oh my god, he's eating blah, and then Brian Tyler Henry should just be at the side and go, and go, he's eaten Stranger Things before. Because <laughs> <laughs> let's face it, that'd be a star right there. Yeah, true. Well. You don't have to be Sherlock Holmes's less known but more brilliant <laughs> sister, Anola, to work that one out. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. We, we, we should be writing big blockbusters. I mean, probably should have. We should. I should have written it again. <laughs> we, well, we should have written Fate. We came up with the fucking title. Yep, we did. That's it. Yep. And if they fucking go into space... We fucking called this about three iterations ago. Yep. 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 Uh, right, so that's end of trailers, I think. Let's let's review a fucking film. I need to get another drink, because obviously I need another drink. So <laughs> <laughs> we start reviewing the film until he gets back to me. Because this this film requires everyone's full attention. What? You don't think it does? No. Don't get away. It's not going to too much. Good. Been practicing saying this guy's name. It's just Anthony Mackie. No, not that one. Mikhail Halstrom. There's no L in there. It's Halstrom. Not even hard. Halstrom. 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 Yep. Mikhail Halstrom. Boot my nose on air. <laughs> okay. You've got a dog all wound up now. He thinks you're attacking. No, I don't. It's just my butt. A bag of butts. Gams and Idris. The film apparently was the most watched like platform over its debut weekend. Very well. Very well. Very well. Very well. Fuck you, Anthony Mackie. Anyway, what do you think you meet the Mac? Because <laughs> he's secret. Only when he wants to be. Yeah, which makes no fucking sense no. whatsoever. <clears throat> Hello. Well, I'm, I'm ready. Hello, right. Ready to go? Oh, sorry about it. Just. They're big boys, and I love big boys, and I get passionate about big boys. Man, it's because you're good to have to look forward to. I, I, I mean, like, you know, in all seriousness, though, it's like having a, a trailer for just like a big, ridiculous movie. Like, before the dark times, you had them like, what, like every week there was a trailer for some big, stupid film. They're rare. 
it's rare to get like, even a trailer, never mind a trailer for a big budget stupid film. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I don't know. It just, I, it, and it's interesting, you know, with the, like the reactions to um, the little things and the reactions to Wonder Woman and whatnot. And it's like, it's like, is there not just an element of, <laughs> let's just be glad that there's fucking something. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, because, like, I'm sorry, but Netflix films are methadone, as I think we're probably about to demonstrate. You know, you want that fucking sweet, sweet heroin. Yes. Yeah. No, that, that he's exactly right. I think we're about to demonstrate. Yes, I think that, that's what is it? But I say no. Not all Netflix films, but a large portion of them seem to be have the same hue to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're very much made for Netflix. No, 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 I don't mean like that, sir. Dress, Lieutenant. Double time. What's this? You wear your uniform out there, you'll be a standing target. Thought I'd be guarding a fence, sir. (laughs) I don't have any specialist training as a field agent. Don't worry. I'm special enough for both of us. Instead of everything there. So, Outside the Wire is uh, directed by Mikhail Hafstrom. Mm-hmm. Practice that. Well done. Uh, and stars Anthony Mackie, Damson Edris, uh, Emily Beecham, and some other people that you probably don't recognise unless you watch TV, and I don't watch TV. I'm also assuming they're in TV things. They might not be. Oh, yeah, P- Pilau Asbiek, um, who was um, Scarlett Johansson's mate in Ghost in, uh, Ghost in the Shell. Oh, yes, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. But, uh, he's also, uh, and he's in, he's, he's, in, he's in Game of Thrones as well. So, yeah, because sure. he he's able to. I like that guy. He's good on Twitter. <laughs> is he? Don't know who he is. Anyway. Um, so, outside the wire, what's it about? Well, it, it's set in 2036. Um, there's a civil war going on between um, in the Ukraine, between the pro-Russia uh, Ukrainians and the uh, native Ukrainians. And, of course, the Americans are set as peacekeepers. Of course they are. Um, America are set as peacekeepers. <laughs> Yeah. And there's also no other like Western nations. It's nope. just, America. just America. Just America. A country literally at war with itself right now are peacekeepers in the Ukraine. It's all right, though, because they're really efficient at delivering vaccines, which is what they're doing in this as well. Yes, yes. America's, yeah. We're doing swiftly, aren't yeah. um, And... You have, uh, for the first time ever, you have essentially uh, what they call grumps, are they called? Which are gumps, gumps sorry, uh, mechanised soldiers who appear to just stand in the line of fire all of the time <laughs> and seem more twitchy than the average American soldier, which is twitchy as fuck. Um, so, yeah, what do we have here? We have um, Damson Idris, his uh, Lieutenant Harp, is a drone pilot. Uh who at the start of the movie makes a decision that he feels uh, will save the lives of 38 Marines, but it will cost the lives of two Marines. So he goes against his orders and takes out a truck that he believes has uh, a big missile thing in it. 
Uh, can't remember words for it, but anyway, that. Uh, and he's he's essentially busted down and has to go to the Ukraine from his safe little um, drone office uh, and actually do on the foot um, combat where he's assigned to Anthony Mackey's uh, Captain Leo, who's not like us. What would you have it? He's a bloody cyborg. He's an android. He's a bloody cyborg. He's, a bloody cyborg. Um, he's also see-through at some points, and then at other points not see-through. Um, and for some reason, they've given him pain receptors, which makes no fucking sense on his androidiness. Um, and also, he's Anthony Mackey because it's what, what is it? It's just plain. It's easy to look at. Blend in. Just blend in. Just blend in the background. How very fucking on brand. <laughs> Which made me and Becky laugh at each other quite a lot. We did have to pause it, didn't we? We did have to pause it, yes. Um, if you put, I said to you at the start of the film, if you put Anthony Mackie in camouflage, like literally, it's like there's nobody there. It is, yes. Normally, at least you can make out his clothes. Looking forward to Falcon in the Winter Soldier, then, Bex. What's that? You're looking no. forward to Falcon in the Winter Soldier. I mean, no. <laughs> no. I mean, the Winter Soldier bit I'm fine with. Oh, dear. Has Mark just left the room? Yeah. Hang on, pause a second. He's back. I, wait, I didn't wait up, sir. Just, we were just talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, I, I, um, <laughs> Ian, outside the wire. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the most seven out of ten films that will ever be made for me. Um, you know, it was like it was by turns quite plodding, and then, hmm, shit, actually, this turns quite interesting, and then plodding, and then, huh, yeah. All right, then that that that's fun. It feels like a film that wasn't really fully formed. Um, you know, like the the robot soldiers. It's there's quite a lot made about them early on about how they're basically fucking idiots, and then don't really lead to anything. You know, I mean, like are they contrasting it? Sorry, they don't really do an awful lot with them. No, no, that's the thing. But like, there, there's, you know, early doors. They're kind of focusing on them quite a lot. Um, but then Anthony Mackie's character is actually quite a fucking interesting character. Like, it, the film lulls you into thinking, yeah, all right, then I kind of know where this is going. But then I think if at the start of the film, like the first scene with him, it was like, right, tell me what the ending is. You wouldn't have got that. You know, like there's there's an interesting arc for him, but then, and I think I think Mackie's fine, but that's Anthony Mackie's fine. Um, but then the the other guy with him, I thought he, I thought it was going to turn out that he was a fucking android. Yeah, I said that. I I thought, ah, is he going to be like literally the next generation of android and he just doesn't know it? Yeah, like one who's like loaded with fake hu- like memories of human relationships to get him to back down from the more murderous android impulses, you know. Yeah, I mean that but also that kind of says something to that his performance as well. It's like <laughs> Oh, you've got a girl back home, have you? You Yeah, do you wanna 
like maybe look like you have some emotion, look like you're in love, yeah. uh, you know, when talking about her. No. All it, right. That's a choice. In 2036, this guy has found the only fucking Jessup still fucking open to get an actual photo printed out of his girlfriend. Bullshit. I mean, that's the thing. It should just be like an A4 piece of paper where the ink cartridge is almost run out. It's just, she's just in magenta. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yes. That's really tickled me, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Because it, the magenta's the one shade that's always left open. That was perfect. Um, fuck me. Um, yeah, I just, but, I don't know. There's, like, interesting shit coming on, but then it almost, it doesn't have the courage of its convictions at the end. It's like, fuck it, blow him up. That would be ballsy as shit. You know, yeah. have him go. Do you know what? Yeah, you're right. We are the fucking problem. Nuke the US, you know. But no, it has to go with... And the thing is, it's very ill-defined at the end why he's chosen to go that way, apart from the fact that he has a girl back home. Like, I, don't, I didn't get it. It it was, a, it was missed opportunities, was this film. But I will say it was more interesting than I maybe thought it was going to be. Intrigued to see what you guys thought. Yeah, what do you think? As I was say, I think I think the whole like him making that decision at the end, you might not have caught it because it's it's really deftly dealt with. But like at first, he doesn't realise that the people on the ground are like real people, and then once he's been out there, he realises that oh my god, they're actual people, and look what happens when these drone strikes happen, and then. Like with the bomb, he's thinking of all those people. I mean, it's really subtle messaging, really subtle. I, I just, yeah, I, I, it just, I, you know, it, it's. I it's thought, such an inconsequential film. Like it's. Yes, yes. It's like That's eating like a pink yeah. wafer for your lunch. Inconsequential is fucking perfect, Bex. There's nothing to it. This film, it is. In one eye and out the other, and I will I will forget I've ever watched this film in a couple of years. Yeah. I don't think it's particularly it's not well made, it's not well acted, it's the story is shy, it's it's just it's just all around crap. Well, fair enough. I think I might be the highest on this. <laughs> uh, you have got terrible taste. The so. thing is uh, right, is I, I actually think there's a really interesting movie in this. I think you'd need to chop away about half an hour. It's it, 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 it's it's what 110 minutes. Um, you love a 90 minute movie, don't you, man? It, 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 but, but this is perfect. This movie should be 96 minutes with credits, around about 98 minutes of the actual movie, because then you could go. Because the thing is, I, I thought I didn't realize it was going to be an all one mission film. I thought it was going to be he gets sent to the wire and he notices what's happened like on the ground and gets sent out. No, it literally is. It, it's a it's a basically a setup and an all in one fucking day kind of dealio. Mm. Um, to bring him back a bit and then send him back out made no fucking sense. No. Um, but like I think there's, there's there's an interesting enough like proper genre B movie in there. But, but they don't treat it like a B movie. They treat it like it's so much more meaningful. It's like, oh, the, the whole bit after the bank gets bombed, and he's like, 
looking at all these dead bodies and realizing that that's what he does to people it's just it's like it's trying to imbue it with this kind of gravitas that it just doesn't fucking have it, it it's going back to the that that era of kind of um of 80s action movies that were essentially adverts for the um armed forces yeah it's, it's a little bit like that at points but you mentioned this when we were watching it didn't you and it was like i i hate the whole america great russia bad narrative that they've been pushing for fucking years and this is just more of that but it's like it, it's gone away because like the cold war's fucking over and this is just like it's in the same kind of vein and it's like really you couldn't think of anything else you couldn't think of another baddie yeah, but that yeah, that's it. It, it. It's very easy to go generic Eastern European baddies. Yeah. Um, but then I don't think that the, the baddies are that well defined within this. Um, but then there was nothing's well defined in it, Mark. Everything's marshmallow. But then the other bit there is, oh, take off those. What is it? Because you don't want to be going round in. It, you you'll get shot straight away. You'll be a target going round if you're going round in your um your kind of like army get up. And then they have an escort. <laughs> that is <laughs> the armed forces in full fucking gear. <laughs> it's a bit like, well, oh shit, that's a good point. Yeah, sorry. Like, you're hardly clandestine, are you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's the thing is though, there are points in it where it's actually quite interesting, and I do think that um, I, I think Anthony Mack is fine in it, um, although. My issue that I still with Anthony Mackie is I, I he doesn't look like he's uh, he's suited towards action. No, he keeps trying, doesn't he? But I, I don't think it's like he wants to be an action star. I think it's just that that's the way his career's kind of gone and he's riding with it a little bit. But I don't think he's even that interested in it. Well, fucking pivot then. Um, but I think Damson Idris, I think he's actually quite good in it. I, I do. I, I think, think performance-wise, I think he's very quite not big enough. But I think he's. I enjoyed his character, but he's a mobhead. Yeah, but I enjoyed his performance of it. I can see there was a. It made sense until the end, where you find out that he's a real boy, and then it made <laughs> less sense. When you thought he was a cyborg, you were fine. I was fine with it. I was like, oh, that makes fucking sense that he's yeah that he's gonna get that but then yeah i, I also like anthony back essentially been a bit of a dickhead cyborg <laughs> but knows it <laughs> that he's just been a prick none of what he's saying about the the protocols and all that none of that makes sense because it, he's knowingly essentially breaking the own rules of his protocols so he wouldn't be able to do it none of that makes sense <laughs> but it's fun that bit of it's, it, it is quite fun but then it but then it loses it by essentially trying to add too much meaning towards yeah. it. Um, yeah, but it's I, it wasn't terrible. But literally, we watched it last night and already forgetting most of it. Yeah. Um, and it 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 looks like a generic Netflix movie. Yeah, they need to get some up. Right. I think they do. I think, I think they've, they've got enough right. But it does seem like they go, right, this is the action movie setting and this is the rom-com setting. Mm. And there's too many movies that happen like that. For yeah. one thing, often they buy a, a different book, 
the ones that they make themselves, it, it does seem like it's the right, you've got to stick to that grading mm. if you're doing that, and you've got to stick to this grading if you're doing that. Yeah. And yeah, the, the what they call grumps, grumps, Gump. gumps. But yeah, they did make a real big deal of that and then literally just did nothing with them throughout mm. the movie. Mm. At all. Apart from the fact that they, they just, they looked like you imagine if they were, they were basically, we've we've turned Windows Vista into a, into a soldier. Where it, they're just twitching <sighs> and just keep Sorry. fucking just randomly shooting shit. They just, that's it. They just will keep fucking just balls of your twitching. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mark, no, I'm it, enjoying you immensely today, can it, I it just say? Be, Sorry. It'll be shooting something, and obviously it'll just point down, and they'll be like, what's it going? Oh, it's fucking updating again. <laughs> fucking hell. At exactly the wrong fucking time. At least the Russians' versions of it looked like they looked, they looked angry. They didn't look nervous. Yeah, did you notice like the only ones that seemed at vague peace were the ones playing with the children in the fucking playground? Yeah. With basketball. Uh, that, that one who was the hoop. Yeah. I was like, him. He was he's having a whale of a time, just getting balls thrown at his face. He's like, this is fucking great. Fucking love this. Yeah. Yeah. Like being back in his sorority. It, yeah. Yeah. It just, it was, it's not very good. No. But there should have, there should have been a post credit scene of Anthony Mackie just as a hoop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah, it, it's, it, it, there's just so much that it just doesn't make sense. No. But I'm, I'm thinking way too much about it. I'd like to see what it would have been like with a, with a better lead, though. With the, a, a, a more, a weightier lead that could carry that kind of. I don't think you've got more. The thing is, I thought Andy Mackie was. I thought he was fun when he was being a dick. But when essentially the movie halfway through it decided to try and be training there for about half an hour, <laughs> was was all right. This is quite fun. This yeah. is like fucking. You know, I'm I'm all right with this. It's like Train Day meets Gemini Man. Uh, but then when I found out that it wasn't trained there meets Gemini Man, it was something completely different. Yeah. It, 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 it ruined it. It ruined it. I was like, no, the movie that's happening in my head it's is better. way better than this. Yeah. But yeah, I'm... Where am I with it? Where are you with it, Bex? Shit. Where are you with it, Ian? Uh, I think you guys have talked me down, to be honest, because it's bad. It's a bad film. I said it was the most seven out of ten. It just. But the I thing is, it's being generous when you said seven out of ten. I, I give it, say anything. I give it five that, out of ten. Yeah, do you know, it just like I don't know. There is interesting shit in it, but then it doesn't do things with the interesting shit, and then the rest of it is shit. Yeah. Do you know what? It's Fuck it. Shit. It's shit. It, it, it's an action movie where it's all set in a day because it looks like they couldn't have. Couldn't want, didn't want to waste budget on lighting it. The thing is, it's like people were giving Netflix credit. And I think, to be fair, I think we might have been a couple of weeks back. And it was like, they're going to have a, a film out every week that's kind of worth talking about and whatnot. It's like, it, it, it can't be stuff like this. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's like... It's like yeah, hold your role a little bit, Netflix, because if it's if it's going to be eight weeks of this and then a new Ryan Reynolds movie, then eight weeks of this and a new The Rock movie, ah, oh, 
<laughs> I think your, your your big fucking EPK might have been a little bit too much. <laughs> mm. uh, our audience poll. <laughs> fucking hell. Definitely not shit 0%. Wow, that's not happened. Ever, has it? I don't think so. Touching cloth, 25%. Shit, 50%. And Geostorm, 25%. I could absolutely see how some people would have a Geostorm with this. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps, actually. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four and five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, I was like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. CS3P Combat Player 1, choose your character Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player 2, choose your character While you're in luck Punter Round 1, fight Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast Featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. <laughs> so join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just just getting confirmation. It's just in that's the third time though. I mean, am I, is this on? Yeah. Uh, Ian, what have you been watching? So, um, about, uh, to be honest, I've only got a few um, because a lot of it was year-end catch-up stuff that we talked about last week. So these are films exclusively that I didn't talk about last week. Uh, so Locked Down. This yeah. is the Doug Lyman directed Lockdown movie. Have you guys seen this yet? Not watched it yet. We were going to watch this week and we didn't. We were going to ask if we could watch that and not watch Outside the Wire, but Matt told me I wasn't allowed to do that. <laughs> it's uh it, I, to be honest i don't think it's worth a full review wow okay it's but i think i liked it a bit more than outside the wire thinking about it i mean it, it's so okay uh so this is the doug lyman film that he shot in lockdown uh well not it was kind of in the after the first phase of lockdown where things were loosening up a little bit so and uh Anne hathaway start as a couple who are basically on the verge of splitting up just when lockdown happens 
Um, he plays a delivery driver who hasn't been able to get a better job because of a past indiscretion. Um, and she plays uh, like a high up for a company who relatively early on has to make a load of people go because of the pandemic. Um, and essentially through a confluence of circumstances, they end up in a position where they can rob a very expensive jewel. Um, and uh, kind of they don't necessarily have to scam to rob the place. They can already be there uh, because of their jobs. Um, so it's there, you know, I mean, it, 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 it already seems to have disappeared. Um, and I'm not surprised why it's got some observations about lockdown life, but to be honest, host did it better. Um, you know, I think we're going to get a lot of lockdown and COVID movies in the years to come. I'm mm. fairly, I, I, I remain confident already that Host is going to be one of, if not the best of them. That KJ Apple one's kicking around now, isn't it? What, Songbird? That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's on Prime. Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah. Um, part it, of me's intrigued by him. Part of me's like, I just cannot look at him. I, I just don't want to think about COVID-24 at the moment. That's like, I'm not entirely sure I can do it. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, it, it's the thing is, Edgefer and Hathaway have some really fun chemistry in it. And their, their relationship does actually feel lived in. You know, they are good actors being directed by a director who does know how to direct actors. The thing is, it's nearly two hours long and fuck all really actually happens. Um, Again, that film doesn't seem like it should be two hours long. No, no. no. It should be a bright and breezy 90 minutes. Yeah, 101 minutes with credits. Yeah, and and be like a COVID-y comedy drama that can make light of the situation, but also have some fun. And it does those things, but it does them across two hours. And it is a little bit get to the fucking monkey as uh i, I believe chin striker versus punter yeah um, uh used to say or no no some australian podcast whose name i've forgotten oh that's embarrassing anyway cool shite on the tube i want to say that podcast was cool but anyway um terrible name for a podcast that to be fair so was dude and a monkey i mean <laughs> i've got a slightly tangent i mean it was a lovely lovely in joke yeah. And I, Noel came up with the titles for both of our podcasts. But Dude and a Monkey, as a podcast to put out there and go, Dude and a Monkey, what's that about? I've got no fucking idea. Film. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I, I, anyway, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I came out of nowhere. I'm so sorry. Um, but Noel, we love you. And Film Bastards is, is the perfect title. Um, so was Dude and a Monkey at the time. I don't know. I'm do- uh, uh, dearie me, I'm rambling again. Um, Locked Down is fine. It's three out of five. Um, it's supposed to come out in cinemas in March. It's on HBO Max. If it comes out in cinemas in March, fuck all people will watch it. 
doesn't seem like it's had any cultural imprint whatsoever, but I'm glad it gave everyone something to do. And I, I mean that. It's fucking, you know, furlough life sounds not the best. And for, like, folks in the creative arts who need that, like, fucking need that outlet, I'm, I'm glad that they were able to do something and it be okay. Um, it's not offensive or anything. It's just it's fine. It's three out of five. That's lockdown. I will get to it, but I'm, it's one of those where I'll watch it on like an afternoon. Yeah, which is totally fair. It's just Doug Lyman. He's such an all over the place director that this film he's shot basically in like COVID restrictions. The next film he's shooting in fucking space. I mean, <laughs> that's incredible. He's literally shooting in space. Yeah. Wow. It's that Tom Cruise Tom, one. Well, they're actually going in space yeah. to film. Yeah. Yeah. They're going out of the atmosphere. Like, what Elon Musk is the producer of it. So like, fucking batshit, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> literally, literally, he, he, you can, you can tell that Cruise went. Hang on a minute. We can technically film in space. Yes. Right, we're doing that. We're so doing that. Yeah. And Elon Musk is just like, I have money. This will be fun. Here you go. Have one of my rockets. It it, it has a musk to it, yes. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Is it not just not? Tom Cruise is just using his money. Untitled Tom Cruise slash SpaceX project, is that what it is? Yeah. Fuck you, Elon. Anyway. Ian, what else you want to look? I mean, as long as no one dies... You know what I mean for that project. It's... I feel the risk of that is higher having Elon Musk involved, though. SpaceX, they're, they're, they're successful. Like, he... I, I, I don't know. Could you imagine, though, if Tom Cruise died shooting a film in space? You'd just go, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it, it, literally, <laughs> it literally... When somebody came out and said from his family, when it's the way he would have wanted to go, everyone would go, do yeah. you know what? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. Let's face it, yeah. done pretty much everything on me. I don't know, man. Good good on him. That's some fucking showmanship to the fucking nines and fair play. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, part of my year-end catch-up as well was Minari, uh, which is the uh, hotly buzzed-about uh, drama directed by Lee Isaac Chung. And uh, this stars uh, Stephen Ewan. Um, who, you know, uh, has been a hot property. Uh, you know, uh, he came off The Walking Dead and he was um, he, he was one of the leads in Burning. And uh, now he's back with Minari. So this is a film about a uh, Korean-American family who move to Arkansas. And basically, uh, Stephen Yun is the father of the family and he wants to build a farm there. And uh, his uh, wife, uh, played by Han Yi Ri, not very, uh, not very happy about that, quite frankly. Um, you know, she's not really on board. They used to live in California where they had a nice life, but not the life that Stephen Ewan's character is pushing for. Um, and Stephen Ewan employs uh, Will Patton, who's this hardcore Christian fellow who um, uh, kind of helps him through it. And it's about them. Uh, it's about their their son and daughter and the grandma, uh, played by uh, Yun Hyu Jung. I hope that's okay. 
um, who um, comes over from Korea to uh, assist with the family. So, yeah, this is literally 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And, you know, the thing is, the Rotten Tomatoes scale is like or don't like. So I could see how Rotten uh, Rotten Tomatoes would have it as 100%. Because I think if you were to say to pretty much anyone, do you like Minari or don't like Minari? You would say, yeah, I like it. But with the shades of grey there, maybe not so much. I liked Minari. I'm ever so slightly baffled why it's getting the praise that it has been getting. And I think it's going to get fuck all attention at the Oscars. And that will drive an awful lot of people to say, why isn't Minari getting attention at the Oscars? And the the answer may well be because it's an A24 film, which isn't as good as you've been told it is. <laughs> standard. <laughs> which is, yes, standard for A24. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a very, it's both pleasant, but when it needs to tug at you, it tugs at you. The grandma... If she won Best Supporting Actress, holy fucking shit, I'd be all for it. She's great. But she's great but she's because, basically, she's a grandma who swears and is a bit cheeky. <laughs> and I like that. But then later on in the film, she has to take on another dimension, which the actress equally very, very, very well plays. And she's the heart and soul of the film. And, uh, you know, some... Uh, there are turns through the film and it it you know you are like fucking hell but the the, the rest of it is at, it's fine you know it, it it's it, it you know it, it's touching where it needs to be it's funny where it needs to be it's sad where it needs to be but the arc of the film i didn't quite get on board with where you've got the father who wants to prove that he can be a big boy. Um, and you've got the mother who's, who's, but you know, we were happy beforehand and it seems to end in a way, which is, I don't know, just a bit of a halfway house. Like it, it it's, I, it, it just, it doesn't feel very satisfying. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, it, it, after the near two hours it was like yeah i've had a bit of a journey there and i'm very very indifferent with the destination and that 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 may well just be me i mean it's 87 percent on metacritic which is probably a bit uh, a more of an accurate guide but 87 percent is not 100 percent you know 100 percent says everybody fucking likes this film 87% says yes you know everybody everybody does like this film but it's not perfect that's you know that's where minari is with me it is a solid 4 out of 5 but given all the 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 the, the, the word that's been had about it elsewhere you are kind of going into it thinking yeah I'm about to see one of the best films of the year and I don't think it is I it wasn't even it wasn't in my top 20 and i'm fine with that 
it's a solid four out of five. There were a lot of solid four out of fives last year. And that, that, that's Minari for me. Cool. Uh, Sue, uh, I also have um, uh, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. I talked about it on there and back again uh, with Jordan. That should be up in the next couple of days on the Pod Syndicate bonus feed. I watched Crocodile Dundee 2. Which is really shit compared to Crocodile Dundee because they decided, like, Paul Hogan basically decides. I'm actually going to be a bit of an action hero. It's like, nah, don't do that. You know, you were kind of funny when you had the odd little heroic turn, but other than that, you were just funny. And in this, all right, everybody loves you and you're an action hero, but this time around, I don't really get why everybody loves you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Didn't go up against, like, the fuck, didn't they go up against, like, a drug cartel or something like that? Yes. Yes, he does. Um, Linda Kazowski's ex phones her and says she's gonna he's gonna deliver some incriminating evidence against the drug cartel. Then she's kidnapped. Then Paul Hogan teams up with a bunch of New York youths to save her. He saves her, and then they have to hide out in Australia, and then they come and find him. But Luis Guzman is in it. Yeah. And he got an all expenses paid trip to Australia to say maybe four lines and good on him. <laughs> You've got to love early Luis Guzman work. I think all of his work. Yeah, he is, he, he's brilliant. But it's just the, the, some of the things that he fucking crops up in that you think, I did not expect it to be in these things. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah I, it, it's really not, not great. Is Crocodile Dundee too? So there you go. Moving on. My last one. Rewatch The Last Airbender. <laughs> now, I first watched The Last Airbender in the cinema when I tested the print. So it's been about 10 years. It's been nearly 10 years since I left the fucking projectionist game, which is blowing my mind. Um, but yeah, uh, Lottie has been watching uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender on Netflix and The Legend of Korra, the uh, the follow up series. And I told her there was a film, and she said I would like to watch that. Lottie gave up after twenty minutes, and I watched the whole fucking thing. Um, awful, awful film, awful film. Like listening to some stuff and reading up on it after, it kind of seems like maybe that wasn't necessarily all M. Night Shyamalan. It kind of seems like things were taken away from him and he just played nice. Um, But it's a film where it's basically all told by voiceover. It's apparently it's essentially the first season of a series told in about 100 minutes. So it jumps all over the fucking place there are lines in it which i mean bring me all your elderly is just one of the choice cuts um i mean god what is it like i'm sorry that your father was killed in a uh mysterious explosion or some shit like that you know it it's literally dialogue like that um and i mean like the, the, the 
I would have loved to have seen some like on the set fight sequence footage because when you take out the visual effects, it's basically people just waving hands. <laughs> um, and it all looks like it's shot on green screen. I mean, it's such a f- it, it's so fucking bad. It's so boring. And the characters have no emotion whatsoever. Um, I yeah, I mean, it, it, it's I, I I remember thinking it was mildly inoffensive when I saw it in the cinema. I was a fucking idiot. It's awful. <laughs> it's so bad. And the thing is, I've watched little bits of of what Lots has been watching, and it looks all right. You know, it's like I'll I'll, I'll never watch it, but it, it it's not stuff that it's just like my kid's a fucking idiot. She's not. She's great. And it's it looks like an intelligent show. But The Last Airbender, nah, mate, fuck that shit. I'm done. I am really looking forward to seeing what the fuck you guys have been watching because it has been a while. Bex, what have you been watching on Solar? Nothing? Nothing. I don't think so. Wow. I oh. Chip of the Ring, but I've not finished it because it's 14 days long. Right, cool. I've got a few. Um, I think we have. What, where did we go from? Did we talk about Secret of Nimrod? No, that's where we're going from. Is that where we're going from? Yeah. Let's do my solo ones first. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've had some Resident Evil time, Phil, haven't you? Have a little bit, yeah. Yes, I feel well. Uh, I watched the um, Bruce Springsteen Letter to You um, documentary. All right. Uh, yeah. I've suggested it a lot of times, I'm to watch it. Um, <laughs> it's good. It's basically um, it's a little bit of archive footage, uh, but most of it's footage that was shot in the studio, um, in Springsteen's studio that he's got at his house, um, of all the E Street band coming around and them essentially building this album over um, like a really short period of time and doing it. It was all recorded essentially live and it's all recorded in like a couple of takes and it's all arranged there and everything like that. There's no overdubs or anything like that. It's just recorded as a band as it would be them just playing it which is really quite interesting um and it just basically goes through song by song of springsteen just sort of narrating at the top saying this is what this song was about this is why it was written and then a little bit of them recording it and then it, it runs through like that um i think it's one of those things very interesting if you're if you're a springsteen fan uh if you're not it, it, it might not be as, as compelling um i also watched the youtube documentary but it is a film um, but it's a YouTube, but it's a film made for YouTube. Um, it's a, a John Mayer documentary, uh, just about John Mayer's career. I watched that, enjoyed it. If you're not a John Mayer fan, don't watch it. Don't watch it. But if you are, uh, it's called Someday I'll Fly, and it's available on YouTube for, for nothing. Um, so yeah, give that a go. It's if you are a Mayer fan. Um, watch Disclosure. <laughs> is that because I kept refusing to watch Because it? you kept refusing to watch it because Becky thinks Disclosure is a different movie to what Disclosure actually is. Yeah. Uh, Ian, have you seen Disclosure? Uh, no, I haven't. Right. <laughs> so what would you think I've Disclosure I've got a feeling is? it's coming up on a future pay it forward, but yeah, no, I haven't. <laughs> right, right. So I think people think Disclosure is, a, uh, is like an erotic thriller. And it's not. It's just not. It's about sexual harassment, isn't it? it well, the, the basic, just the story is that um, Michael Douglas' character um, is, he at the start of the movie, he thinks he's getting this big promotion. He works for a, um, essentially a software and hardware um, computer company. Um, 
and they're in the middle of this big merger that's going on where they they make the hardware and the software. A big software company is going. It's going to make every rich, and he's going to get this big promotion that's going to make him like head of like the VP of the company, etc. So he thinks he's going to get that. Um, and then he, that the start movie is him going to work thinking that he's going for this, and then he finds out he's not got it. Uh, but they brought somebody in from outside, and the person they brought in from outside is Dummy Moore. And what would you have it? They used to fuck. Um, yeah, really? So he, he, he goes up for a meeting with her, and then she wants to go at it again. He has, during it, has a bit of a, a crisis of, of conscience because he's married um, and decides that he, he can't, go, can't go through with it. Um, and um, she doesn't react to it too kindly. Um, the next day he gets into work and basically she's filed a uh, a sexual harassment suit against him so he decides to file one against her wow. but in the background of all this something's going wrong with the equipment that they're supposed to be building that he's supposed to be in charge of and he might get fired for it he also might get fired for the sexual harassment thing so there's all these things going on there's a bit of virtual reality in there as so well sexual harass- harassment and job insecurity yeah okay i enjoy disclosure it's a fun fucking mid-90s movie um including a bit where michael douglas has to access files right via a virtual reality fucking headset <laughs> into a virtual reality filing system I promise you that is a core scene in the movie. Sounds random as fuck. It's brilliant. Um, also, uh, watch The Town, uh, the uh, Ben Affleck movie. Um, the Town is very good, but it's not as good as The Town thinks it is. The Town thinks it's heat, and it's not. No. But it's not it's not like Lords Down. It's quite a bit down from Heat, but not like not Heat's terrible. five out of five. Yeah. And the town's four to maybe four and a half out of five. But it, it just seems to it, it wants to be as a bit more sprawling than it actually ever actually manages to be. Mm. Um it is it's a small town story that has grand ideas. Um okay. but it's got Rebecca Hall in it. Rebecca Hall should be in more and not maybe not Godzilla versus Kong more. <laughs> um, John Hamm's very good in it. Uh, Blake Lively's interesting in it. Pete Pottlethwaite as uh, I think I think his last film was I think maybe uh, as a essentially bad Irish gangster because of course it's set in Boston. Uh, but it's a little bit too in love with the fact that it's set in Boston. Right. It's very everything is about being from Boston, how tough Boston is, and it's a bit like that. Well, yeah, I thought it was directed by Batfleck, but it, so it's, of course it's all about. Boston. But it's but it's, it's well directed, it's well acted, it's well written. It's just maybe not quite as good as the movie thinks it is. Mm. Um, but it's still very interesting. Uh, and then the last thing I've watched on my own before we get into all the bits that we've watched next. I rewatched Rock and Roller. No, sorry, I watched Rock and Roller. I thought I'd seen Rock and Roller, and then I got like twenty minutes into it and was like, "Yeah, I haven't seen this." <laughs> so yeah, so I hadn't seen Rock and Roller. 
Um, Rock and Roll is really quite good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really it's really quite interesting. I'm guessing you've seen Rock and Roll, haven't you? Yeah, I, I enjoy Rock and Roll. Though. Yeah. It, it, it it's really quite good. It's quite interesting. It, it's setting up future films that Guy Ritchie's saying look, it might happen at some point, but not what is it? Um, but we're not. We just don't have time to make them now. Is kind of what he said. Um, but it's it's throwing together all of those Guy Ritchie things, you know, the London gangster bits, and Gerard Butler is is quite interesting, playing quite a fun character. Uh, you've got a uh, Tom Hardy in there who is playing a a part of what this little crime gang is called, the Wow Bunch, uh, and it is. It's uh, Tom Hardy, Gerard Butler, Idris Elba, and a couple of other people. Um, and because, um, I, spoiler alert for a fucking 12-year-old movie, um, <laughs> because Tom Hardy thinks he's getting sent down yeah. and thinks that this is like his last night, he admits to Gerard Butler's character that he's, he's gay. Gerard Butler's character stops the van, gets out, and starts going... Oh God, no! You can't be. You're called Handsome Bob. You can't be gay. But then wonderfully gets back in the gets back in the Range Rover and starts going. Should have reacted like that. There's nothing wrong with being gay. I don't know why I reacted like that. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> kind of like it, it's really quite a nice scene. Yeah. And then when he starts admitting to starts being seen to like Idris Elba's character, going, did you like some Bob's? You know, I'm like what? Puff, yeah. Everyone knows it. But it, it's dealt with like a very... It, if it was released now, people would be horrified. Yeah. But for the characters that it's based around, the characters that exist, it, it makes sense. And it's not judgmental over him at all. It's like, yeah, everyone knows it. Why don't you Why don't you know it? Oh, you're the only person who know it. And then for the rest of it, it's really playful with it. Mm. Toby Kebble should be in more films because he's always fucking great mm-hmm. in every fucking thing. Yeah. And it's like, I kind of wish he had a different career because he's a fucking yep, yep. brilliant actor. And I don't I mean, understand. They, 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 Go on. they were supposed to do a trilogy of these films as well. Like, yeah. that was Guy Ritchie's plan. It would have been so interesting. It would have been like, good. Like, it's, it's, it, it, it's supposed to be set around like, the arc of his character, of the fact that he is this really intelligent, really talented, but grew up around the gangster life. But it, it, and it's supposed to be him. You get the feel at the end of the movie, it's him going, right, I'm here to take over my dad's empire. And yeah, like you said, that would be really fucking interesting. But it's. It's really, I, I really enjoyed Rock and Roller. So after Rock and Roller, I thought, right, I'm going to watch the only um, the only Guy Ritchie movie that I know I haven't seen. Oh, is this what you're watching? I thought you were watching Volver. No. The Penelope Cruz movie. No, I wasn't watching Volver. I was watching Revolver, Revolver. The only Guy Ritchie movie that I knew I hadn't seen. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that I, 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 I didn't think, yeah, the whole Rock and Roller thing. Um, yeah, Revolver is not that good, okay. really. It, it's good in pockets. Pockets of it are really quite interesting. Guy Rich is doing some... Because Guy Rich is a really interesting director in the terms of the way that he 
stylizes his movies. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of, I mean, it's a, it's co-written by Luke Besson and it's by Europa Films. There's a lot of kind of like Euro trashy elements to this. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of like sparse colours, like all in one colour. So the entire screen is set in blue and the entire screen is set in red and bits like that. And it bounces around um, from bits like this um, within the movie. Um, the problem is the story's not very good. It, it, it's too convolutedly simple, if that makes <laughs> any sense whatsoever. Um, Jason Statham for no reason at all has hair which makes no sense and is yeah. really off-putting yeah, um, yeah it's got um, Andre 3000 in it and he's not very good uh, Ray Otter is nowhere near crazy enough and it's just it is it did feel a little bit like Richie going through the motions a little it's bit with it's weird, isn't it? It's off. Oh, I don't like that, no. Yeah, it, it, it just feels a little bit like it was kind of like, stay, like, like Richie has gone, right, I'm going to evolve as a filmmaker, but didn't know where he wanted to evolve to. <laughs> yeah. And it just went wrong. And I think now, where he is now, um, is really quite comfortable. You know, last year he had out the Aladdin movie that I still haven't seen, um, but it made over a billion dollars. And he also had out The Gentleman. Mm. which made a really good amount of money and felt like a, I'm going to do one for them and one for me. And that if he's going to bounce around doing that, that's pretty fucking cool. And I think it, it, it's... It, he's a filmmaker that I always find interesting, no matter what. Revolving, interesting, I just don't think it's that good, to be honest. Um, right, should we go through the ones that we've watched, Becky? Let's go for it. Jungle Land. Jungle Land. So we watched Jungle Land, didn't we, Becky? We did. Uh, so... Oh, this was like months ago. It was a while ago, yeah. Um, we watched it because we thought it's an outside contender for, for what is it? Because it, it very much felt like Martin, it didn't it? It did. Um, so it is set um, in um, Massachusetts where it's two brothers um, played by Jack O'Connell and Charlie Hunnell. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, oh, um, <laughs> who are essentially dirt poor aren't they mm. they're like don't have anywhere to live and have to be have to squat uh, they make money by uh, working in a what essentially looks like a sweatshop doesn't it um yes. and um jack o'connell's character um lion um is a, 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 a like an underground boxer isn't he um Chalonen's character stanley plays his brother and manager mm. um and it's essentially they, they are, there's a fight at the start um, and it's the local gangster, but very much like low level fucking gangster, has got money on it. Um, Lion loses it essentially intentionally, almost, doesn't he? Mm. Um, yeah, because But doesn't him. throw it as such. No. Um, and they end up essentially indebted to this gangster who tells them that he'll write off the debt and um, get them to uh, and essentially pay for them to go to the other side of the country to compete in this proper bare-knuckle boxing competition. Um, But they have to take this girl called Sky across with them to drop her off at another gangster's fucking house. Mm. Um, It's all right, isn't it? It's good. Mm. But it's not fantastic. No. 
it's it kind of wallows in its own misery a little bit, doesn't yeah, it? it? Does, yeah. uh, Charlie Hunnam's good in it, but it's it's a good performance. But you kind of look at it going, it just it feels out of sorts for Charlie Hunnam to play somebody that pathetic. Yeah, yeah, it does. And there's a bit as well, like with the because obviously. Lion and the girl that they're transporting have kind of a little bit of a sort of romance mm. type thing, don't they? But it turns out she's pregnant with this gangster who they're transporting her to's baby. Yeah. Um, and it's very much kind of heavily suggested that she's been paid to carry his baby. Yeah. And then when she fucks off and leaves Lion, she leaves him with a bag, and you kind of think because he's got this dream of opening a dry cleaner. Yeah. And you kind of think, oh, she's left him some of the money as, like, start-up to open his dry cleaners. Nah, it's just a fucking dressing gown with his initials stitched yeah, on it. Yeah, it is. It, 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 it's so low aspirations, this movie. <laughs> um, yeah. But what I will say is, um, Jack Connell's very, very good in it. He is. Um, I think she's pretty good in it as well. Yeah. Like, they're, they're all pretty good in it. It's, it's, it's well-acted. It's just maybe there's not enough meat on the bone in no. terms of story-wise. No. Um, but it's how, I was... I, I, I was very impressed with how good Jack O'Connell was in it. Mm. Um, his character is it, it, there's, there's there's definitely something there with him. Mm. Um, so yes, that was that. Uh, we watched The Secret of Nim. We did off of the back of a black cauldron. Yeah, uh, because um, Cartoon Misery was our <laughs> was, was our thing for we that time. We didn't quite watch it down it though, did we? We didn't. We didn't go down the down the down. So you can name yeah, it's misery in, in, in film form. It's very fucking good though. It's, isn't it? it's very good. Uh if you like sort of if you like like black holes and you like animation that is not specifically geared towards kids, but mm. kids could watch it if you want to terrify them. It felt very strange watching a cast. We watched it on an evening, didn't we, rather than during the day yeah, it, it was very strange watching it was a cast in the evening. It was like it wasn't like an evening, it was kind of night, wasn't it? It was yeah. like eleven yeah. o'clock at night we yeah. watched it. Um what else do we watch? I'll, we'll, I'll, we'll do those all in one little item. Yeah. Uh, we rewatched the entire Hangover trilogy. <laughs> because you can't watch one. Okay. But you have to see the evolution. Yeah. Um, still maintain that A, The Hangover is a great R-rated comedy. And quite literally, no Hangover movie, we don't have things like for instance, there's no Deadpool, which means there's mm. no Logan. Mm. Because literally, the hangover proved that you could make a fuckload of money yeah. on an R-rated movie. Mm. And so that is how Sony movies were like, right, we can do this. It also, it's mental going back. This is, what? It's only 11 years ago, mm. the hangover. But it was literally career makers for Bradley Cooper, Ed Helms, Zach Galifianakis, uh, all of them. So, like, it was like it made him huge. Mm. Um, then the Hangover Two to literally just do it again and barely even fucking change the story. Yeah, really <laughs> is wonderful. I, I like the Hangover Two. Um, again, is because it looks fucking brilliant. They're really good looking movies, mm, mm. and they are they. They feel more cinematic than you maybe would expect them to feel. Yeah, yeah, they do. You know, they... There's a real sheen to them, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and the fact that they just... 
they just fucking keep prodding the bear with them. Yeah. It was, it was, it, and that is a great thing that, and I, I've said this many times, now, what is it? And I will prove it when we start briefing about number three. Todd Phillips is one of cinema's great provocateurs because he does it so fucking, it, it, he's, he's prodding everything. It, it's almost like he's daring people to be offended and I really fucking like that about Gleefully him. Gleefully prodding. Yeah, everything. but not like not like in a what's his name Lars von Trier way where it's like oh fuck off. Oh no, Lars von Trier's not doing it in a gleeful way. Lars von Trier's doing it in a you want to see this? Oh dear. He's like, he's like look what's at all my misery. It's like oh yeah. piss off. Yeah. Piss off, little Danish dwarf. Um, oh. And then the Hangover Part Three is glorious. <laughs> no, we don't want to make a third. We don't want to make a third. Oh please, please make a third. All right. But it's got to cost $100 million. It's going to be an action movie. <laughs> I said, what? That's it. That's, that's, that's the fucking thing. Yeah, brilliant. This movie cost $100 million. <laughs> and literally only happened because literally Todd Phillips kept on going, just tell him you want this much money to do it. Tell him you want, fucking, tell him you want $15 million each. <laughs> and they went, they'll never go for it. Like, no, but then we don't have to make it. Oh, guys, I've got some news. What? They went for it. Are you fucking joking? No. <laughs> we get, like, points on it and shit. And not even after fucking gross. <laughs> it is insane. <laughs> this, yeah. this movie exists. And it's glorious. Yeah. Um, then we watched A Few Good Men. We did. It triggered something, It triggered it? something, didn't it? Yeah. So we watched A Few Good Men, which is fucking brilliant. It is very good. Yeah. It's... Moralistically muddy, isn't it? It is, yeah, but I think that's the point. Yeah. I think that's what Sorkin's going for. He's going for a uh, a moralistically muddy thing where you can agree with all sides, but non, no side is actually right. I mean, they killed that poor boy. Yes, and it is saying that, but it's saying when you have a culture of where you are told to do something, you have to do it. But it's an indictment of the military system, isn't it? Yes. Um, but that triggered something else, didn't it, Becca? A Grishamathon. A Grishamathon called Getting Grishy With It. Yes, Getting Grishy With It. So we watched the Pelican Brief. Yeah, we did. Got Mark to watch a Julia Roberts movie. Yep. Um, the Pelican Brief is way too long. It is way too it's long. It's two yeah. hours, 20 minutes long. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, okay. It's way too long. The fact that it's it ends up all being about Pelican. some man who wants to build, no, mine oil from a place where pelicans live. Yeah. It literally is a pelican brief. It's not like a code. Yeah, it's not a code. It's actually about pelicans. Yeah. Um, it's twisty and it's twisty and it's fun and it's fine and it's what we wanted from these movies. Yeah. So then after that, we watched The Firm. The Firm. Which is really fucking good. I love that. One thing I love about The Firm is the score. Mm. The piano-y fucking jazzy score that it's got running through it. I uh, didn't enjoy The Firm as much as the other two. Did you not? No. This was another one. It's two and a half hours long, The Gosh. Firm. Gosh. Uh, I, I really it's just quite like The like... Firm. I think Tom Cruise is really good in it, and I think what's her face, Triple Horny is really good in it. We kept saying, "Why is she forgiving Tom Cruise?" Oh, it's because she's Triple Horny. It was like a whole running thing. But, but um, Dream Triple Horny is great. She is really good in it. Yeah. 
Um, she's really good in anything, yeah. yeah. But it, I don't know, the story just feels really like paper thin in this one. He starts working for the firm and they're mafia lawyers. Yeah. On, uh, I like that. Everyone right. tries to leave. But it's got Gene Hatton in it, playing a creep. It does have Gene Hatton. But playing a really charismatic Gene Hatton like creep. Yeah. And it's just so Hatmany. Um, but then he turns out to like, not be that much no, of a creep, really. He has like, redemption. He, yeah. And his redemption is basically, I'm a bad person, so I'm going to do this one good thing, but don't feel bad for me. Trust me, I deserve this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you've got the weirdness of uh, all within all of this of Gary Busey and Holly Hunter. Gary Busey played a Prime Eye. They're in a different Holly movie. They, they think they're in a different movie. Oh, yeah, they're in a movie. totally different movie. Yeah. But I would watch the shit out of that I, movie. I would watch that movie, it, yeah. Busey's in full Busey. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. Yeah. Um, and then we watched The Client. We did. I really enjoyed The Client. The Client's great. Um, another one that's over two hours long. Yeah. All the way through, though, you're like, Tommy Lee Jones is a bad guy. He's a really bad guy. He's trying to get this information for nefarious reasons. And it's like... No, it's just it's just his job, and he just needs to get this information. Yeah. But he's kind of bullying this kid, and Susan Sarandon's there, and she's she's really fucking good in everything as well. And she? she's another one that's that's just good in everything. But she's great, and I really enjoyed her. Yeah, it's it, it's the first time a couple of Joel Schumacher uh, Grisham movies as well. The next one's another Joel Schumacher. Which one's the next one? Uh, Talented Kill. If only I wasn't planning on playing Resident Evil until four in the morning or something stupid, we could watch that tonight. Anyway, yeah, so the client is a lot and a lot and a lot of fun with the client. I yeah. really quite like it. Uh, and Brad Renfro um, being very good before, obviously, he passed. Uh, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones in that period where Tommy Lee Jones was like a fucking bankable movie star. <laughs> Do you know what? On the Brad Renfro thing, I know obviously I don't want to bash him because Poker obviously isn't around to defend himself. defend himself. But I don't think he's great in this. I think he's good at the low key bits, but when he has to be angry or anything, it's so fucking over the top. Right, but, it, it, but it, it's a it's a kid who lives on the edge of emotions, so I think you can mm. let him get away with that. I think it's how a kid will react to it. The problem is a lot of times when you get um, child actors act acting things, they mm. try and get them to react as an adult would react. And children yeah. are balls of emotion, and you know what what would appear to be overacting is just a child having a reaction to something it tried on it he has strops within this movie rather than moments yeah and that that's what works out well and the fact that you've got Susan Strand essentially just calling him on his strops yeah is quite good his brother was annoying his brother's right fucking yeah his, his brother's a wet end um but, but then you've got Anthony LaPaglia as Billy the Blade yeah. And he has some sartorial choices in this, doesn't he? There is some sartorial shit going on, yeah. 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 He's like wearing like fucking shiny suits, like with big fucking double breasted with just no no shirt or t shirt or anything underneath. That mesh. And then when he does decide to wear a, a t shirt or a top of some description and not just like a, a shiny fucking suit, and I mean like shiny, like a green one, it's a blue one, and I think a burgundy one. Um, when he decides to wear an actual like t-shirt with arms or anything like that, yeah, it's a see-through black mesh one. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why Why would we not want to see his nipples? There's a lot of Lapaglia nipples in this. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's, choices were made. Choices were made, and Again, I, I, I agree feel, I with like those choices. The baddies in this, like that that side of the story, feels like it's part of a different movie yeah. than the main. It, movie. it is. It is. It, it 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 cuts through the seriousness at exactly the right <laughs> times. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Pagney will just show up and you go, "Wow, that is a whole freaking mood you've got going on." Uh, I feel like there's not going to be any uh, comedic side plots no. in a time for kids. No, there's not. There's, no. there's not. There's not a lot of comedic side plots in 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 a movie about a little girl getting raped no. and murdered. No. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what we watched. Lots of stuff. There was all the other bits out within what is it? I think I worked it out it was like twenty odd movies we watched. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we do have questions, I believe. Or a question. Oh, I'm unprepared. I, I am too. We've been painting today, haven't we? We have. So. The house smells delightfully of emotion. <laughs> so, uh, Ned Plimpton um, says, if Rod Howard isn't qualified to direct a film about poor slash hillbilly people because he is t- he has been in Hollywood far too long, uh, was he qualified to direct Rush as he'd never been an, a Formula One driver? And he has prefaced this with tongue-in-cheek question. I would like to clarify this wasn't my argument. Um, I, I, I will answer this question mildly tongue-in-cheek, but mildly actually answering it as well. Um, yes, I believe he he would be qualified to do Rush, as the movie Rush isn't necessarily about uh, F1, it's more about human interactions within F1 racing. Or well, surely Hillbilly Elegy is about nope, human interactions. Just about, just about hillbillies, just about just poor people and wanting to scrape themselves out of that poverty by writing a book about their own poverty. I, 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 go on, back, sorry. No. I was just going to say, I'd also suspect that in terms of more qualified, yes, he probably is in circles that are more rush than hillbilly yes. elegy. Yes, because let's be honest, Formula One, I, I have no interest in Formula One. I actually don't. I actually actively dislike Formula One. I think it's rather I mean, good. I mean, I, I like, and, and I'm. Uh, I don't think Adam Wingard has had much experience with real life Godzillas. I don't think James Cameron has visited other planets and uh, been with blue skinned creatures. I I find that question. Uh, I, yes, okay, it's tongue in cheek. I also find that question. It, you know, it was obviously asked for a reason, despite being tongue in cheek. And I find the question invalid. I <laughs> that one. I think the issue is more he there's these inaccuracies in how living as a poor person. Work. yes and he whether that's from the book or whether it's from Cut. a directorial choice or or what but there, there are inaccuracies i think someone commented saying that you know absolutely ridiculous someone living on the breadline would know exactly how fucking much was on their credit yeah. card and it's it's stuff like that that kind of make you go do you know what yeah and it's it's more that kind of element of it that that he it, it feels like he's not in touch with living that life and like he's not really done an awful lot to get himself to a point where he can portray it. I, I, I actually really quite like Ron Howard as a director. Um, I, I, I he's a weirdly I, I would say there's there's very little. I, funny enough, um, 
Rush is one of them that I've not actually seen. Apparently, it's one of his best movies. But I have zero interest in it at all. It just doesn't appeal to me at all. Part of it is the, the F1 thing. Um, I, 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 for some reason, it's just a little thing in my brain that I just I can't. It doesn't. It it triggers me a little bit. <laughs> I, I, F1. I, I I think Bex has always beautifully articulated there that which I can put into words because I'm probably not as smart as Bex. It's the the fact that he doesn't understand the the nuance or the detail it doesn't just it you know feeling authentic is one thing but being authentic is another and i think he fails at both he doesn't even give the good impression of someone who understands this situation That's with it, formula to be poor to direct a movie about poor people but he just at least needs to make an effort to get it right Yes, exactly. Whereas I think he probably understood more about Formula One. <laughs> you know, I don't. I you know, I I I, I don't know. It, it, but yeah, I I think what Bex said was better than my answer. I I maybe don't find the question invalid, but I wonder from which place the question came from. <laughs> Well, our next question uh, is Rick uh, Kid at Rick J Kid. Uh, what movie franchise would you like to see a cross between, uh, and how would you integrate them? Right, I don't know if this actually answers the question, but I would love to see like a Miyazaki John Wick. Like, oh shit! Oh shit! Fucking John Wick movies. Like, 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 like what an animated John Wick. Yeah, but Miyazaki style. And there's monsters. Like, you know, like there is in, like there's dragons and shit. And... So John Wick somehow gets transported into, like, Spirited Away. Yeah, but not just Spirited Away, like, Miyazaki world. Like, uh, the world uh, in Miyazaki's head. That's some high concept shit there, I like that. You'd have to have, like, a little female protagonist companion that he's, like, he's, you know, he shouldn't really need his help. But he's going to just help anyway because he's there and she's got a dog. Fucking hell, this is blowing my mind a little bit. <laughs> but it has to look like Keanu Reeves. So confused. But like an anime boy. <laughs> um, Ian, have you got one for this? I mean, me and Zaki John Wick. Like, what's the point of even trying to fucking compete <laughs> with that? Jesus wept. That's incredible. Mine, mine's really... Mine, my, my brain always goes to one place with this. Always. And it goes, how can I get Rambo into this? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, fucking, literally, the last Fast and Furious movie, Fast and Furious 10, right? So th- there's that and fucking Vin Diesel, Uncle Vin, um, and The Rock have made up and they're back being friends, so it's all there. And then what should happen is literally, like, Vin Diesel should turn around and go, I open the door, like the doorbell should go, and that weird fucking like, you know, like that backyard thing they've got. And it should be like, oh, fucking doorbell's gone. They should all look at each other. And he should like go open the door and Rambo on the fucking horse that he rode away at the end of last blow. <laughs> like, I just rode all the fucking way there. And he should open the door and go, Uncle John? <laughs> <laughs> oh. And, and then Rambo literally just 
randomly like he's fucking always been there it's just on a little side mission with fast and furious i would love that what about a rambo rocky crossover where rambo from the end of first blood like young ptsd suffering rambo goes to Philly. older rockies gym to get help with his ptsd through boxing i reckon you just kill him it won't take long who'd kill who rambo would kill Rocky. Rocky yeah. No, they're not. They're not for real fighting. He's gone for help. We've no, got like coping right, mechanisms. Rocky story killer. Well, like he goes to punch me. He has like a flashback. Stop fucking telling me stories. Adrian making pasta. It killed him. Adrian's dead. He's not that old. Still a fighter. He's just like mentoring him. I got one. In between Rocky Five and Rocky Balboa. Yeah, why not? Go on, Ian. Adrian Lynn doing the Twilight films. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? If they made another Twilight movie, but they cast Tom Cruise's <laughs> Lestat in it, just <laughs> randomly, it's just randomly there. Why not? Yeah, that's where he's been. Christian Slater has just fucking woke up in the car and he's driving along and he's like, that's it. He's fucking, it turns out he's fucking Edward's great uncle. <laughs> There's a lot you could do with this. There is. I still think mine's best. I mean, yours was pretty solid, I'm not going to lie. Everyone was just someone's uncle all night. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle John. <laughs> oh, cool, that would be brilliant. Yeah, it would. It would it would be it would be choose DiCaprio meme. It would. It would. Uh, what are you next week, Ian? Oh it's gonna be the little things, isn't it? Oh what a treat. When, when's that out? It's on HBO Max on Friday, baby. Is it? Oh, oh yeah. That's to come around quick, hasn't it? We've got the little things, and then we got Malcolm and Marie next week. Three yeah. white people talking about Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> I'm very much Are we qualified to talk about that? I don't know. I'm very glad we've got a woman on the podcast. <laughs> I'm excited for the little things. I'm, I'm so well right. excited for it. Largely, I can't fucking wait. I, largely because I like looking at Jared Leto. I still find him very pretty. So there's that. I just, I, I think it's going to be very, very fun trash. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. I want fun trash out of it. That's Maybe kind of what like this show Leto. wants. Yeah. It, 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 it does seem like bastards nip. <laughs> I mean, it's got 7.9 out of 10 somehow, despite the fact that it's not out. Um, yeah, it does. It, it definitely seems like bastard. How, how long is it? God. What? Films do not have to be 90 minutes. Oh, seven. two hours seven. That's a good time for that movie, though. Mm. I'd be more worried if it was like two hours, like 27 or something like that. Or if it was like 106 minutes. I'd be like, oh, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. Um, yeah, so... 
that was our show. Um, we are a Pod Syndicate podcast, um, so check out We Are Pod Syndicate for other podcasts, including uh, the Iron Sequel, his film, her movie, Jim Crow versus Punter, the Rewatch Project, the Iron Sequel, his film, her movie. I might have repeating these or going off them again. Uh, what else have got? Oh, you can check out Ian, Ian and Jordan doing um, back and forth. Back, back again. There and back again. Uh, other bonus shows for that. We're doing a new Playing It Forward. Um, we're recording on Friday. Yep, yep. Yep. Answer the question that people want to know, Mark. When's the next Slater cast? The next Slater cast is coming soon. I mean, no I mean, one's to organise it. vague, is that, Mark? It's very vague. Uh, I, I, February. I just want to be able to have an excuse to watch more Christian yeah. Slater. Uh, me and no need to thrash out that, so I'll no, I'll be messaging you about that. Uh, you probably already got it by now. Uh, yeah, so thank you very much, guys. Uh, remember, uh, we have a Patreon. So $2 a month, you get a little bit extra. Uh, there, extra is, and you support the show. Um, we do pretty much put all of the the, the, the cash flow bills all that we get out of it um, back into the show uh, for doing things. Um, it's quite hard for us to arrange meetups at the moment because literally we can't leave our fucking houses. Um, but uh, we always try and do stuff with it uh, that is interesting for the the, the the show or Patreon um, subscribers, and we do thank you very much for that. Uh, and we do thank everyone who listens, uh, and also thank you much, Rebecca. Oh, thank you for having me. And thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much. Uh, and that was another episode of Film Bastards. Enjoy. Goodbye. Well, I want to say enjoy because we're finished. Yeah. Literally the last bit of it. Enjoy that we've finished. You made yeah. it. Well done, guys. You made it. You made it through <laughs> another another episode. Maybe that should be how we end every every episode. You made <laughs> it. Well done. <laughs> you made it. You made it <laughs> Next week's code word is.
podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>